Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, weekly show dedicating bringing wellness to our lives. And Damien, you recently posted up an awesome post on Facebook the other day. Yeah, I did, didn't I? It was actually really good. And <laughs> actually, it came, it came through LinkedIn first uh, from another chiropractor, Roy Smith. We all know Roy. And, um, and he posted it up on LinkedIn, and I thought, oh, that's really cool. And the title of this particular um, article was called Why We Humble Brag About Being Busy. And uh, it was in the Harvard Business Review blog section. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. Humble brag, what a great word, right? Never heard about that before. And yes, I'm guilty of you know, bragging about being busy. And I didn't realize that it was actually bragging, but I thought to myself, well, yeah, when people say, how are you going, Damo? I go, mate, so busy, flat out like a lizard drinking, heaps on at the moment, <laughs> driving me crazy, right? And so people go, oh, good, good on you, that's great, congratulations. And I go to myself, is this where really where I wanted to be? And so I read through this article, and as many of the listeners will know, um, when we interviewed um, Trevor Hendy on 100 Not Out recently, I signed up for his um boot camp for the soul program and over the last couple of weeks i've been um, very mindful of the busyness in my life and trying to bring about stillness and calmness in my body and so focusing on movement and habits and all kinds of different things and so this came at a really good time and so often when i talk to you guys you both seem very busy and i thought well there's got to be a whole lot of people out there in our in our listener sphere that are you know, busy and in fact probably bragging about being busy, but maybe we're all losing touch with what the essence of life actually is. So I thought, what a great thing to talk about. Well, hey, before we go any further, Lawrence, as our resident North American in the uh, in the podcast, perhaps you could do a little translation of <laughs> flat out like a lizard drinking for some of our listeners. <laughs> I thought that was classic. I've never heard that before. And, uh, you seriously that's... never heard of it before? No, really? never heard Lawrence, of it before. That's brilliant. What yeah. a busier than a blue-ass fly. Have you heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing all the North Americans. Yeah. You know, what I saw was the humble brag when you first actually uh, saw that. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I'm not the only person when you just admitted that uh, that's a great word. And uh, I actually almost didn't, couldn't even pronounce that word at first when I first uh, said that. So it's just pretty awesome. You know, it's so true, though. It's so true that we are very busy, like, quote unquote, busy people. Like, you know, as as I get older, I seem like it's more, you know, busier. And it's crazy. And it's, um, you know, when people ask, you know, how are you doing? We do brag about that, isn't it? That we yeah. brag about, yes, yeah. I'm being busy because we feel that that is actually a good thing. Mm. You know, telling people we're busy so that, you know, otherwise if we just, if we're not busy, I think it's just a perception that we're just lazy. We're not doing anything um, productive or um, being smart about it. But I think there's a def- there's a huge definition that we need to kind of look at is that being busy doesn't necessarily mean being productive, yeah. right? That's a two completely different words. Thank you, Facebook, hashtag Instagram, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things though. Like, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people say, yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy doing whatever, but you know, being productive, that's a completely different thing. And, you know, our, our society has been built on, um, you know, working say 48, 40 hours a week. Right. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, 50 hours or whatever it is, but yeah. let's think about all the people that actually work for a corporation or for a company and let's admit it. Are you actually productive for those 40 hours or 40 plus hours? that you're actually at work and chances are you're not you can't be productive at 40 hours or some you know i highly doubt anybody's fully productive for those 40 hours they're getting paid for Mm. and i think there's this new um 
new way of looking at things. And I've been reading, um, I think I was telling you this year, I read this book called Remote. And I've been looking, you know, we, we've interviewed Tim Ferriss talking about the four-hour work week. And we, we're looking at this new trend. I, I, and I think Ari Mizell talking about the art of doing less. And those guys have been focusing on this new era of generation. And it, I could be totally wrong about this next generation coming up. But they're the people who are, you know, quote unquote lazy. And I don't mean that as in a bad way, right? Because people nowadays are the kids, you know, in their, who are in their 20s now are sort of in, in an age where they're, they are technically, you know, lazy in a sense, but that's actually in a good way because they want to do things faster. They want to hack their way in terms of their productivity. They want to do more with less time. And mm. um, I yeah. think that's what's sort of leading, you know, this generation is leading the focus. And that's where technology comes in is that how can we do more stuff and be more productive with less amount of time? And so basically, I mean, we're talking about quality versus quantity, aren't we? Like it's like it's about it's not about how much you, you input. It's about how much you output, right? It's, it's about what you get out of the stuff you're doing and how much quality of life you're getting out of the time you're investing rather than how much time you're spending doing stuff. Mm. Well, that's a great point. That is a good point. And we do all get very busy and, and bogged down. Look, this article that's written by Greg McCowan or maybe it's Greg McEwen. I'm not sure actually now. But uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've just had a bit of an LT moment. But uh, I think that um, he, he actually starts off, he starts off the article. He says, we have a problem. And the odd thing is, we not only know about it, we're celebrating it. Just today, someone boasted to me that she was so busy, she's averaged four hours of sleep a night for the last two weeks. And she wasn't complaining. She was proud of the fact. Now, the interesting thing is, yesterday, I had lunch down at the beach um, Sunday afternoon with some very close friends of mine. Beautiful girl, girlfriend of ours, she said, I'm getting four hours sleep a night. I'm knackered. I'm too tired. I'm working every single day. Um, trying to get my business off the ground, but it's okay. I'm only going to do it for a couple of years. And, you know, a daughter six years old, and I'm thinking to myself, but that couple of years is, like, so important, you know, at the age of your daughter at the moment and at the expense of spending time with your husband. And So we then spoke about this whole article, and I thought it, this has come at such a good time because, Brett, I, I know you've asked me, you know, how, how are you going? I go, I'm, I'm busy as. And LT, you go, Damo, what are you up to? And I go, a million things. And the same thing for me, Bretto. I say to you, Bretto, how are you yeah. going? And you go, oh, Absolutely. mate, so much on. Like I'm doing this, cave camp, this, paleo, this, <laughs> whatever. I've got all these sorts of things going on. Can't yeah. keep up with it. And I think to myself, and then we all try to get together to try and organize an interview. And it's <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy. But um, what was interesting is it's such an easy trap to fall into because at soccer yesterday, I said to uh, Jackson soccer coach or soccer um, team manager I said how you going Ken he goes yeah good I go you're busy and he goes yeah flat out and I go good on you mate that's great and I thought to myself hang on a second that's the exact mindset that I'm trying to get myself out of and so I thought maybe we could also talk and ask LT what could be some strategies around mindset to uh, bring about better balance with that you know, it's funny because um, as you say that, and I know Marcus is going to be listening to this, Marcus Pierce, who is the, uh, the co-host of me uh, for Inside Champions Mind, he, he always starts off the podcast. He goes, how are you doing, mate? And, and we always he goes, I'm so busy. And it's, it's amazing how every podcast he starts off with just being, you know, us being flat out and we just kind of talk about some of the strategies. But, you know, there's the key things, I think, about being busy or this whole concept of, of being busy is that that one thing that just led to about being productive, right? I think we got to be clear and finding time 
for that mindset of just having that mindfulness, what you talked about. And we just been, you know, we spent, I don't know, in May, we, we joined up as the, uh, the mindful in May. Yeah. And, uh, that you was know, good. it's easy to say we were too busy to meditate, right. To, you know, 10 minutes a day. That was the, that was the thing. And there was times, I mean, I, I must've been, I thought 10 minutes a day, that's can't be that hard, but you know what? It was actually pretty challenging. It was tough, wasn't it? It was tough because I did my mindfulness majority, I would say 98% of the time, I did it last thing of the day. So I, I kind of just spent um, most of the day you know, doing whatever I was doing, and then I would, spend t- I would carve out 10 minutes just before I go to bed to yeah. have that meditation. And I thought yep. that would be the perfect time. But it was so easy just to kind of go, oh, I'm just too tired. I'm just going to go straight to bed. But I made a commitment to myself that... You know, I, I made an agreement to everybody out there that I'm going to do this for 10 minutes a day. And so by doing that, I think it actually forced me to have that 10 minutes to myself, forced me yeah. to have that 10 minutes of meditation. And, you know, it's amazing that um, why it's so important for all of us to kind of have commitment. So I think strategy number one is you got to commit to something. You got to yeah. kind of commit it either to yourself or to others. And sometimes, you know, it's easier to commit it to other people or just commit it to yourself or your spouse or have a partner or have accountability of some sort. But if you have a commitment to doing something, you're actually going to do it. So if you're going to want to have a little bit of time for yourself, carving yeah. out 10 minutes, like try try it. Try challenge yourself to have 10 minutes a day for yourself um, to actually create that. And having that commitment to someone or, you know, like I said, to someone else is an amazing uh, opportunity to allow you to do that so i would that would say uh, number one would be have commitment uh, to be able to create time and space for yourself but it has to be it's like exercise it's no different than you having to carve out a specific time of the day that you know you're going to do it otherwise it's not going to happen lt breno that's spot on i like it i like it and that's a disciplined approach because essentially what uh, greg goes on to talk about in this particular article is the undisciplined pursuit of more. So he talks about uh, being undisciplined in the pursuit of more, which is, in fact, um, you know, jumping onto Facebook or answering emails as they come in or um, booking meetings that are for things that are not essential. And he talks about then the disciplined pursuit of less, and so which is the reverse, which is what he calls the antidote. So the undisciplined pursuit of more, which is this bubble that he says that we're, we're caught in called the, the more bubble, is a result of trying to pack so much into our day that essentially we become unproductive in our 40 hours that we've allocated for work. So then it spills over to be 50 hours or 60 hours or 70 hours because they're too busy doing stuff that's non-productive, right? And maybe it's all about building relationships or having heaps of friends on Instagram or Facebook and trying to, you know, negotiate and navigate in and around those sort of spheres, but in a one-on-one personal sense, which kind of it beats the whole idea of one-to-many, which is what Lawrence talks about all the time. So this disciplined pursuit of less is what we should be trying to do, and allocating 10 minutes a day is good. Really good. In fact, it's a great movement. And interestingly, what was interesting about the the mindfulness in May or mindful in May program is that ten minutes was the minimum requirement. We could have done more. Like there was a, there was an asking for us to go and move towards longer periods of meditation. But I was going, oh, ten minutes. Okay, I could do ten minutes. That's fine. But I never actually allowed myself to go and do fifteen or twelve. Or you know, I was like. Okay, 10 minutes is up, bang, all right, done, did it, off I go. That's so and funny. So, That's exactly what I did too. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so I started to get involved in doing things that were 
and and I know you boys are the same because we're all you know caught up in trying to be very productive. We've started doing things that are non-essential, and so we're part of the non-essentialist movement as opposed to the essentialist movement. And I feel that actually helping helping uh, people get more well, and for us to move outside of busyness and back into business would be to focus more on an essentialist approach to our life as opposed to a non-essential. And, and L- Loris does that well for me. He tells me that's not essential. I don't <laughs> want to do that, you know? Nice. And so maybe then, Dave, what we need to start looking at is the questions we're asking elders. Like you mentioned before, you sort of went up to your coach and said, are you busy? And so we were sort of starting to think about, well, what might be some different questions we could ask? Right? So what if instead of saying, are you busy, we were saying, are you being productive or are you having fun? Or, you know, are you uh, prioritizing stuff well? Or are you taking time to do stuff for yourself? Like maybe there's different questions we need to start asking others, but also ourselves as we start sort of getting into this mindset. Instead of thinking, well, I have to be busy all the time. Am I being busy? Am I doing enough? It's like, well, am I being productive? You know, am I enjoying life? Am I prioritizing the things that I want to prioritize in my life? And and I think if we can change those questions we're asking, then then perhaps that will help us get some clearer outcomes. Yeah, it's so true. I think that, you know, for you to reflect upon what's happening in your life, it's going to be very important to see whether you're progressing forward. And um, I got to tell you, like just last week, uh, well, actually, probably it's been two weeks ago now, um, I just left to go to the States and um, for a week. And that was a bit time for myself. And coming back now, looking back, it's been the, one of the most enlightening trips I've had. Like I, I've been doing this for about the last six months. I've been in the States three times and I've been there every 90 days and spending a day. I'm only literally a fly there just for one day for a thing that I have to go to. And that one day is focused on my business and one day to reflect upon all the wins that I've had, but also plan out, learn some new skills, but also plan out for the next quarter. So and this is a tip, obviously, is that leading to going, look, reflecting upon your year based on quarterly goals rather than your year, yearly goals is really important. And because here's the reason why, because a year goes by so, like pretty fast, but it's still a year away. And if you if you're waiting to the end of the year to reflect upon your goals or your you know accomplishments or your progress, it's going to be too long. I think it's important to reflect upon your progress on a quarterly basis at at a minimum. And that's sort of your bigger goals and your dreams, whether you're not on target. So we all set goals, say, in you know December, November for the next year. And then when we do that, you want to make sure you check upon yourself whether or not you're progressing every quarter if you're hitting those milestones. Because if you're not, if you're off track, it's okay. It's just that you need to re-adapt. You sort of have to adapt and uh, re, you know reprioritize some priorities to kind of make sure you want to achieve those goals. And then taking those quarterly goals, you actually bring it down to a monthly and also weekly. And I encourage um, you know my clients, most of my my coaching clients, I encourage them now to look at their weekly um, targets and whether or not they actually have you know, list out three things. Don't make it so difficult. Don't write out like a list of a hundred things to do this week. I'm just want to have three pro- progressive tasks that you want to do, and each week review whether or not you actually move forward with them. And it's okay if you don't, but it's just if you don't keep track of your weekly targets and your weekly goals and weekly um, productivity, then you're not going to achieve those things. Um, very often and what ends up happening is that we get stuck on just being quote-unquote busy by doing other things and we never got a chance of being productive and so looking at your weekly targets um, helps you 
celebrate. So there's six questions I ask, and I literally instigated this this week, right? So I, I asked them to fill in a questionnaire, and the questionnaire says, um, basically, what were your three wins? You know, what do you, what were the three specific things that you actually felt that you accomplished or were your celebration for the week? And then the next question is, what are the three things you're going to do this week? And by asking those questions, it allows you to move forward. And we, we as human beings oftentimes compare ourselves to the vision that we want. And so the, I, can, I learned this from Dan Sullivan. He talks about this thing called the gap. And the gap, I mentioned this before, where we all have a vision of where we want to go. And so we have this vision of, of, of you know, who we're going to become. But every day, most people, we compare ourselves of our current situation to the vision of what we want to be or should be. And so when we do that, it's actually very disappointing because our vision is so far from who we are or what we are, what we have done. It's, that's what he calls the gap. And that gap is so wide. It's actually quite depressing because that gap is so big. And so what he's suggesting is that most successful people don't have it. They all have a vision, but they don't compare themselves to the vision. They actually compare themselves to what they accomplished yesterday or the week before. And when they do that is that us human beings have this mindset of there's progress. And when you see progress, you build certainty and you build confidence. And when you do that, you actually start to be more productive and be happy with yourself that you're actually making grounds towards that vision. And I think it's really important for people to understand, Lawrence, you're obviously talking about this from a business perspective, but, but this applies just as easily to, you know, lifestyle changes you're wanting to make, to your diet, to your exercise plan, to, you know, whatever it is you're wanting to make changes on in your life, that then you can use these exact same principles for your general health and well-being as well, can't you? No, for sure. Exactly. I mean, you want to be knowing that, for example, if you, I mean, I remember when I used to start working out, you used to jot down exactly what you've done you know, for the day or the workout of the day or, you know, all, anything like that. Or you just yeah. mar- marking what you ate, for example, you know, we talk about food, you know, food calendars and stuff like that. And that each week, if you see yourself moving forward, you actually start to, it's like writing a diary for yourself. And writing a diary for yourself allows you to see the progression of, of actually succeeding. And I always encourage all my clients to do this is that, and everybody actually to, to every night before you go to bed is write a diary not a diary, sorry, just like a gratitude book. And a gratitude book would be, you know, list the top five things that you're thankful for today. Like just celebrate your your victories for today. And if you can't think of five things, then go out and do something that you're happy with. I mean, it could be as simple as I went out there to the sun, out, out there on a beautiful sunshine today. I'm just grateful for a beautiful sun. Like just being able to just expose myself for even if it's a minute. I mean, that's something as so, something so small and so simple, but we forget about those small little things. We always look at the big things, right? And I think we need to be in a gratitude state because if you put yourself in a gratitude state before you go to bed, guess what? Your body's going to be much calmer and they're going to think about, they're not going to think about work. They're not going to think about all the stuff that's going on. They're going to be, your brain's going to be wired to think about being thankful. And that's how your body's going to go through that healing process. Mm. It's not only is your voice very calming, Lawrence, but those ideas actually help to frame, I think, for some people, some steps, action steps that they can take to calm and slow their life down. Um, and a couple of things that I've learned that will go along beautifully, I think, with everything you've just spoken about with respect to goaling, chunking it down, chalking up your three wins, all of those sorts of things, um, is engaging in quiet time and silent time. 
and actually scheduling that time for yourself on a daily basis. And I think that um, most of us, you know, you probably don't do that. You know, and I know that we just joked about it before doing the 10 minutes worth of mindfulness. We could have done more. Um, Stuart Hayes on Careers Unplugged talks about this a lot, actually using your heart more um, in your business, not your busyness. And, uh, and, and that actually helps you be maintaining your mindfulness. And so, you know, I think there's that not only do we need to probably pull out pen and add pen to paper as opposed to open up our computer and then type a little document that might allow us to get distracted with emails flooding in or quickly check Facebook or whatever else or type it on our device and then check Instagram and send off a tweet. It's, it's actually time to open up paper and pull out a pen and actually write that down so that we're turning our devices off and giving ourselves some spare time or free time away from that. And yeah. so, you know, trading off time you know, for that electronic sort of approach. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes heaps of sense, Damo. You know, I often talk about this as me time, you know, and not that sort of me time, Damo, because I know where your mind tends to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. But no, that's obviously where your mind was because I didn't go there at all. <laughs> you're, you're the young buck. I'm 41, Steve, so... But I think, but I think me time is so important, and, and I've obviously found, you know, I've gone through a big change over the last twelve months, and and so trying to sort of rearrange and get my head around how my schedule's changed, and you know, being a single dad, and you know, looking after that whole side of things, and you know, trying to figure out well, how that now works in terms of my business and my social life, and and all of those other things, and it just kind of struck me on the weekend. I was just sort of sitting down thinking, and it was exactly what you're talking about. I've been so busy. There's been so much going on. And all of a sudden, it just struck me, and I was like, Do you know what? I've got this little shop just around the corner from me. It's fantastic. It's a little secondhand bookshop, and they have books there, and they have great books. You can get like five books for two bucks, and, and I just kind of went, Do you know what? I just need to walk out the door right now, go down, and get myself a book. And that's what I did. I just went, you know, I just need to take some time to myself right now. The kids were obviously not at home this, at this stage. And, and I just went, you know what, I'm just going to walk down. I just walked down to the shop. I bought myself a book. I sat down for about half an hour and just started reading a book. And, you know, something so simple, but something that I just went, you know what, I, I realized as soon as I started doing it and I started to just relax and I just felt my whole body relax. And I just realized, you know what, I just haven't been making enough time for me to do things that make me feel good, to do things that make me feel relaxed. And, uh, and it was just, it does, sometimes it just strikes you and you go, oh, that's right, I need to make sure that, that I'm prioritizing, once again, we come back to that prioritizing, you're prioritizing time for me as well as all of these other things that, that sort of, you know, you're trying to cram into this busy life. It's so true about finding that my me time. And that's what I felt when I went on this trip was that, you know, because I was away from my family for six days, which is hard. It's really difficult yeah, it's for me that's to be hard. away from family for that long. But there was yeah. so much productivity in a sense of just clearing my mind, um, having that space. I mean, I was able to go to the Getty Museum. I was able to go to the Museum of uh, sorry, Museum of Tolerance, um, you know, where we looked at some of the, the Holocaust and, and all that stuff. I wouldn't be able to do that if I was with my family. You know, I spent, you know, a couple hours there and just observing things that I normally wouldn't go to. And I, you know, created new experiences. You know, I went to the Dodgers game with, with a friend. And all those time, I reflect upon how important was it for me to every quarter just to take a little bit of time for myself. And, yeah, probably I'm not recommending a whole week, um, but – what I'm suggesting is even if it's just a day, just a day for yourself um, without kids or without family. And I can tell you, though, that the, the, the women listening to these podcasts will probably be the ones who don't take enough time. 
Like I know my wife, for example, because as a mom, if for, especially yeah. for a mother, as a mom, you know, they're running, they're, they're crazy busy because, you know, you're, you're taking care of the kids, you're running the household and everything else. And that really causes a problem because they don't actually get that time for themselves. And, um, and I think it's important that, you know, once in a while you take that break and, and find that time for your, you know, for your wife or allow her to have the time. But more importantly about the kids, you know, one of the things I had this opportunity, um, when I was in Carmel, uh, back in December, um, I was, I was staying at, um, one of the ranches there and it's just a beautiful place. And I, I t- said to my daughter, I go, do you want to just go for a walk? And, um, and we'll just go get an orange juice or something. And we went to the, the place, uh, just, it was just like a little restaurant just on top of the hill. And we had an orange juice together and overlook the fresh orange juice overlooking the, the paddock. And it was just like these, I mean, the goats that were there. It was just, it was just the most beautiful scene. And six months later, I just had the other day, um, after school, I said, Oh, would you like to go, you know, just for a quiet time together? And, you know, after school, I said, Let's go do some, have some daddy time and we'll, we'll just go somewhere. And he goes, Oh, could we go back to Carmel and have some orange juice? Like she remembered that. Like it was just an experience for her. And I'm just thinking about kids here, about being busy. Are we too busy to even spend time with our own kids? And that's a and- good question for to ask ourselves sometimes to pull away and go, Are we spending enough time, the like quality time, not just, you know, being there, but just really spend some quality time so they create experiences that they will always remember? It's such a good point, Lawrence. And I, I had this experience. We just had a long weekend last weekend. And, and I had the experience there where, um, you know, Beck was going away. She said, look, can you have the kids for the long weekend? I said, yeah, that'd be great. And But, you know, as it got closer, I found myself thinking, oh, my God, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. How am I going to cram all this in? I've got the kids for the long weekend. You know, kind of getting a bit stressed and, and feeling like I was a bit overwhelmed and a bit busy. And, and just before the long weekend, I sort of caught myself doing it and went, this is crazy. This is actually ridiculous. I said, I've got the kids for a long weekend. How much fun is this? I've been missing my kids. I love spending time with my kids. I've just got to just chill out and just enjoy this long weekend with my kids. It's such a cool opportunity. They're three and they're five. And I did. And, I, and it's just that mindset and it's that, I guess, present time consciousness to just stop and say, do you know what? Whilst I'm spending time with my kids, I'm just going to spend time with my kids and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. They're the most beautiful people. And, and I just had such a great weekend with my kids and I absolutely loved it. And once again, it was that reconnecting and, and, and that is for me, me time as well is, is spending quality time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just goes to show how easily, had I not sort of, I guess, caught myself that day or two before it happened, it was so easy to start spiraling into that busyness and, and not focusing and really just giving that quality time, which is so important. Absolutely. Boys, I'm just going to not go on a rant here, but I'm just going to take a few little extra um, pointers from this particular article because I do think it's really good. And I've actually just gone and bought Greg McCowan's book, actually. <laughs> Fancy that. Um, another book to read, but um, I'll definitely make some time for it. He talks about this bubble thing, right? And uh, he says, if you look at the more bubble, it's going to pop, it's going to burst because if you mirror it with all the other bubbles, like the um, Silicon Valley bubble, the real estate bubbles, um, if you look at uh, the global financial crisis recently, all of these here have been some kind of a bubble. So you'd expect any kind of bubble to burst. And he says that the more bubble will burst. And so he then goes on to say, you know, in 100 years' time, we look back on that, we go, oh, how ridiculous all that stress that we're putting on ourselves to achieve non-essential things. He lists four things, four simple steps that we can actually take to um, becoming more of what he calls an essentialist, and that is to you know focus on the things that are essential to get done in every single day, and to push aside the things that are somewhat not essential. And uh, and so he says, number one, schedule a personal quarterly offsite. Now Lawrence does this beautifully. Every three months, 
He takes his family away. They head off to Bali um, and they, you know, have a, a couple of days rest. You know, is it a week, Lawrence, you usually do, 10 days? Yeah, usually seven and 10 days. Yeah. And so he does that. He's already got that already happening. Um, I know of some absolute champions in business and I know some champions in sport and I know some champions in music and theater and drama. And the second um, tip or point that uh, Greg actually says here is to rest well to excel. And the point that he makes here is that Malcolm Gladwell says that at the 10,000 hours of 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 performing something or doing something, you've considered to have mastered it. You kind of own it. And we talk. And Lawrence has, has spoken about Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hours before, and and it's really really good. What is really interesting here is though that the people who continue to perform the best have the most amount of quality sleep. And he said that it, with regards to top performing violinists, when they uh, when, when they look at the best violinists and the difference between how well they play their instrument and how well the others don't, those who perform their best have on average 8.6 hours of sleep every 24 hours. So, you know, that's that's quite a lot of sleep, I would think, you know, but it appears that resting well, um, not only is it a requirement for a healthy life, it's also um, something that's essential to help quiet your body. Um, he talks about adding expiration dates to new activities. So whilst you might take on new activities all the time, put an expiry date to it and so that if you haven't done anything with it, then just drop it. So if, if it wasn't good enough to actually do something with that hasn't distracted you and taken you away from where you wanted to be, which might be with your family or more time with yourself or more time with your friends or, or whatever, if it's just a distraction, then get rid of it. You know, if, if it doesn't fall into a proper expiration, then it's obviously no good for you anyway. And then he also says to say no to a good opportunity every single week. So, and and for me, that was kind of like, oh my gosh, like that's 50 something opportunities every single year. What if I said no to all of those? And then I thought to myself, well, there's hundreds of opportunities that come across my table every single um, every single month. So if I'm just going to let go of 50, that's not too bad. Um, so you know, if you think about that, and actually, even if you only get 60 opportunities every single year, if you said no to 52 of them, there'd be eight great opportunities that would be perfect for you. And so again, with quietening my mind, I've gone, okay, yep, I can do that. And maybe I might actually say no to more than just one a week, you know. So there's there's some insight from, from Greg that I found really helpful for me. Just on that last point, and, and we can end after this podcast, but there was one thing that Jeff Spencer taught me was about, you know, leaving a bit of space in your calendar. Like I plan my calendar pretty much to the T for the rest of the year, but I've also left space in the calendar and leave space within your in your life to allow for opportunities because you never know when opportunities come you know one of the things that happened to me recently i got an opportunity to go speak in in england and now have an opportunity to go to europe and do some speaking there which is i wouldn't have had that if i planned out you know every single day and every single week and so you know talking about turning saying no to certain opportunities it's important because it's about leaving that space and little gap to allow you to fill in with better opportunities as they come up so it was really important with that so guys i hope you enjoyed this podcast Podcast. We hope you you know created some really amazing insights for you to allow you to have more time so that you can listen to more wellness guy shows. So you know, make sure you go to Facebook.com/slash <laughs> wellness guys. Um, share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think you need a wellness update. And subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a fantastic rating and a comment there too as well. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example. And let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show.